Radio Face, we are a reverent podcast about music news and culture that mostly matters. I am Sean. I'm Dan. This is episode 248 of this fine established podcast. We got music, music, music for everybody. We got three records that we are both very, very excited to review. We have um, It's Only Me by Lil Baby. Uh, we have Being Funny in a Foreign Language by The 1975. And we have Creature by Pileup. Three very different records and um, three records that we are excited to review and excited to talk about. We got some nice stories and other things as well, but it's going to be a fun episode. I'm super excited for Yeah. Um, I want to jump in. Let's see. What do I do? I'll do a couple of things first. Uh, first of all, Members okay. Appreciation Month. That is right now. You yeah. have the 1975 bonus. You have the Arctic Monkeys bonus. You get um, to the all the grand detail of all of their um, histories as a band. We've actually made those episodes public now uh, because people really love them so much. But there's one episode we won't be making public. That's the Junior Boys bonus. That's up for Syndicate 23 members right now. Uh, it is really good. It was fun to make. It was a lot to make. Also, will be this episode as an editor. Um, yeah. Dear God, please become a Syndicate 23 member because one of the <laughs> things I want to do in 2023 is hire an editor. <laughs> please <laughs> one day one day we will yes um yeah. send help join.singit23.co and also get all this wonderful bonus content from audio face and power report mm-hmm. and the audio face video archive is finally going live as well i was able to basically after episode 250 um i'm going to go backlog and just do like a long upload of all the old audio face episodes on video because i had to down convert them it's a long process but just even more of the archive will be up for syndicate 23 members um but so check that out uh it's already been available for as a podcast form but now you get those on video which is um an added benefit um anyways let's we're gonna before we get into the music of this week the albums usually been doing albums first and traditionally we do singles but we've just been really busy this past couple weeks uh and it's just been like albums 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 yeah it's just so much we have a little bit of news. This is an album um, music news and reviews podcast. And so we have talked more than we really want to about the Kanye West kind of mm-hmm. making an ass of himself part 1970. I don't know why I got that far this time. <laughs> more on that later. Um, and <laughs> 1972, let's say. Uh, but he has also veered into some really vicious right-wing conspiracies about um, oh George Floyd actually overdosing on fentanyl and not being, um, you know, uh, choked out by a police Choke officer. Then there is the, uh, you know, Jewish conspiracies run amok. Like, literally, there's a new gay Jewish conspiracy video every single day. Like, this is just the thing he's figured out is the button he can press to be able to cry victim to cancel culture as much. And he's learning that a lot of conservatives are not going to ride with him on this one. Uh, even Ben Shapiro starting to be like, Ayo, Candace, like, this is just, no. <laughs> like, um, he, he's doing the whole, um, you know, this is a network of people, and we obviously have wide disagreements. We have Matt Walsh, who has um, uh, <laughs> been credibly accused of pedophilia, and we have that disagreement. And then we have Candace Owens, who believes in anti-Semitism and that disagreement. And the Daily Wire is just a wonderful place where news happens. But <laughs> we... But they all support the state of Israel, so everybody is A-OK. <laughs> Except Candace Owens, apparently. <laughs> but... Uh... More on that, not on Power Report, thank God. Oh, God. But Jack Antonoff, more on him later. He's a very um, accomplished producer. Producer and musician with um, Bleachers. Yeah, yeah. musician with Bleachers. He's produced a lot of different works from album recently with albums from Lord, uh, the 1975, a number of others. But he just did stuff with Taylor Swift, did stuff with a, a bunch of indie artists and and things around. So you heard my many rants on Jack Antonoff's production. So he called out some of what Kanye was saying about all this anti-Semitism stuff and had some pretty um strong, you know, replies back to it. One of the things Jack Antonoff said mainly was, Don't fuck with us. Another thing he said was, I would do just do anything to wake up and not hear anything about Kanye, especially when it's about the fucking Jews. Because Jack Antonoff himself is Jewish. Um and <laughs> he he was apparently this is in the middle of a rant saying, Listen, I'm Jewish, we take pride in our skill in basketball. And then um he's goes into this thing about Kanye. And he actually goes into some real, real moments, saying, here's the thing about that little bitch. 
So Bowie went through the fascism phase, right? It's dicey shit, but the motherfucker's making some of the best records that ever happened. Kanye is so far from good work. It's just, what do we do besides just tell him to get the fuck out of here? I would just do anything to wake up and not hear about Kanye, especially when it's about the fucking Jews, man. I mean... Man's got a point. Yeah, it's... I'm not gonna say... Oh, wow, he was an anti-Semite, but he made great hits uh, with David Bowie because, like, I think you, you can't separate the art from the artist. And when it gets things... It was, like, I always say Michael Jackson. Yeah, um, welcome to Audio Face. More on that later. But, I mean, there's the thing here that I'm glad Jack Antonoff's pointing out is that even Ye right now is not making good music. You can't make the, oh, he's a genius, but he's just, you know, very flawed thing because he's not putting out anything good. He hasn't for a decade. It's been years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty explosive from Jack Antonoff. Um, next. Yeah. Next, Orange County. Oh, man. We have a story about Rex Orange County, who was uh, charged. Uh, you know, he's a Rex Orange County, whose real name is Alex O'Connor, who is from London, therefore has nothing to do with Orange County. Um has been charged with six counts of sexual assault stemming from a string of incidents that allegedly occurred in June of this year. And according to the son, O'Connor, age 24, appeared in Southwark Crown Court on, in London um, of Monday of this past week. So we're recording this on the... Um, so it was basically Monday the 10th of October. And his trial is set to begin the 3rd of January 2023. So this is apparently assaulting a single woman multiple times between June 1st and June 2nd. This could have been oh, on tour or something. Maybe someone that was on tour Jeez. with him. I mean, this is kind of speculation because he was on tour in America at this time, but this is happening in a British court. So maybe it was someone with British citizenship. So I'm kind of like figuring out. It's what, I'm a, what I kind of figured yeah, too. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, we probably won't know many details about this case until, you know, more come out. But, I mean, how many times do we have to tell the story on Audio Face? Um, especially trickily a lot in indie music the past couple of years. But a lot, like, you can't hold musicians up on a pedestal for doing all of these, like, for, for like, their behaviors. Because musicians especially, mm -hmm. but a lot of people who, like, have a lot of attention to them. Like, you know, they have their songs they've performed, they've worked on, they've been able to, like, have writers with a lot of the times, and they're able to, like, meticulously craft a message within that. And then people really get onto these messages and see that as the artist. But, you know, the artist is, you know, just a person, right? And they will have their own life and things that they do within that life. And those may not be the most moral things and on a personal level, as long as it's not, you know, illegal, like in this case. You just generally don't judge it. But... You can't, you can't look to most famous people, I'd say nearly all famous people, as any sort of, like, moral icon at all. Yeah. Um, of course, it's sad and tragic when you see these kinds of stories um, with, you know, sad and tragic for the person who was making the accusations, for the people who, you know, really looked... It to, up to Rex Orange County for whatever reasons. And there were a lot of people who did quite that, quite a lot of that, actually. So there was this BuzzFeed article that showed a lot of fans reacting to the news. Um, one said, My heart immediately broke for the alleged victim. I started crying almost instantly because I knew nothing was going to be the same after hearing this. But it gets even worse because you have a lot of people who even got tattoos of this. There's one oh, person no. who posted this meme, me staring at the Rex Orange County tattoo on my ankle with a response like this, referencing um, some Rex Orange County work. Um, the song Sunflower. Mm -hmm. And then you have some posts on TikTok where people are just uh, having a normal one. What about me? What about me? What about me and you together? Something that can read. Guess you're just talking about breaking their records in half and burning the posters. Um, God damn. 
I've never been this fucking disappointed to have this man's handwriting on my skin, you absolute cunt. <laughs> All these people are just like really in their feelings here. Um, oh, there's another Rightly one. So. <laughs> oh, no. so far, so good. So honestly, it is not a good fan. It's not a good day for fans of Rex Orange County at all. Yeah, no one should be a fan of uh, Rex Orange Touchy. It's not a good look right now. Yeah, stay away from Hands the Uncle Rex. That's definitely going to be a problem for you. I mean, you got Philly Jimmy up in here. It's uh, maybe you should get that rid of that tattoo. We should block it out a little bit. Everyone, worry. We got Alex O'Dendler coming down the street. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's enough. <laughs> Dan from the internet for the hard R award for bigotry and music. <laughs> I mean, Ye is winning that this year. Like, not even close, but <laughs> Ye went. Sh- Ye went straight up anti-Semite. Wait. And I was like, that's like hard R, baby. The hard K award for bigotry and music. <laughs> We can't explain that one. We no, no, no. <laughs> what does the K stand for? Anyways, nominees are <laughs> the hard K. All right, then, the hard K. God. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> lastly, first. Uh, um, lastly, I mean, like usually we would end all your face in a fun note like this, but we do have this interesting story. So Lizzo was opening up um, in a Vanity Fair story saying that, you know, when she was in school, she had mostly black, brown, Caribbean friends, um, Nigerian friends, and they were listening to what was on the radio, which would be like Usher, Destiny's Child, etc., Ludacris. And um, Lizzo kept one secret hidden, that while all of her friends were listening to those radio hits, she was listening to Radiohead's OK Computer. According to her, she... Quote, kept it hidden even when I was in a rock band because I didn't want to be made fun of by my peers. They'd yell, white girl. Also, I was wearing these flared bell bottoms with embroidery on it, and they'd say that you look like a white girl. Why do you want to look like a hippie? I want to be accepted so bad, um, not feeling in hurt. Not fitting in really hurt. End quote. Well, I mean, she got a good choice of music. She listened to OK Computer. Yeah, uh, great inspirations as well. Um, Hell yeah. Check this out, too. Um, She says... Quote, my first singing voice was a rock voice in my progressive rock band when I was 19 or 20. Very Mars Volta influenced. That gave me the vocal power Ooh. I've got now. It wasn't until 2015 I realized I've got a powerful singing voice with a lot of soul. Which is also very true. So here's the thing. Like, this is to all of the uh, music nerds out there who are kids, including young Dan and Sean included, who feel like in your communities you'll be ostracized for listening to certain music. Um... It doesn't matter because you will have good influences that will inform you in the future. Listen to what you want. Absolutely. So now, mercifully, <laughs> we move on to the albums this week. Yeah, uh, first album of the day, serving up Gary's Way. We have It's Only Me by Lil Baby. It is 23 songs, an hour and five minutes long. Um, Lil Baby, one of, one of the babies. Um, more on that later. Um, it's a pure, clean, wholesome trap record. Yeah. Like, just unapologetically trap. It's long. There is there is some tracks in here that actually are decent trap, considering, like, the state of trap music in 2022. Actually, I was talking to one of my um, gym members, Tyra. Uh, she's the... Um, her daughter is Ray Khalil, so that's she's really interesting to talk to and talk about trap and everything. Un- and unofficial audio face agreed- trap correspondent. Yeah, exactly. Because she agreed with us on the uh, Quavo takeoff record where she's like, dude, this is just absolute ass. Why are they still even trying to make music? And we, we come to agreement where we have a very fine limit on trap where it has to be like within a certain scale of us to like be able to listen to it. And it's only me as like that, that bare minimum to where like, all right, I'll listen to it. I might not enjoy a lot of it, but there's some decent tracks in here. But again, for being in 2022, you still need to make more. You still need to do more. And let me. And I think this is. All right, go, I was go ahead. Say, I want to expand on that just slightly, and I'll only take 20 seconds on this. It's just that yeah. the state of trap music in 2022 is horrendous. Like, not exactly. like 
in fact. bare bones numbers, like there are not many trap records that are selling very well. A lot of trap releases are barely doing like, you know, a genre that would have done 130, 150, 160K um, stream equivalents or like album spend equivalents in the first week. You're now seeing 15K, 20K, 30K, like is a fraction of what it is. And just this is not a podcast where we obsess over the numbers, but this is a podcast where we obsess over the quality. And trap has never been known. It's been a quantity over quality genre to begin with. It is much worse this year. It is to the point where this year is horrible. Sometimes we would review trap albums to make an example, but it would just be too exhausting for us and would rob time from smaller artists we want to highlight, um, actually good albums that are happening in this actually rocker of a year in 2022. So to sum up my, you know, very obviously time 22nd diatribe is that like it is not a good year for trap. We kind of take what we can get here. And what you get here in Lil Baby's thing is definitely bloated. But definitely on the features is some of the better of what you've got here. And Lil Baby as a lyricist is far above average. Not not even just above average, far above average. Yeah, and uh, on the YB scale, YB not better. YB not better. Yeah, YB definitely not better. YB has released, I want to say, three or four albums this year. I want to say two in the past month. Sometimes he gets respect for this. I'm like, again, quantity over quality is what we should be rewarding. Let's look at Pusha T's album this year. Um, Let's look at the Freddie Gibbs album this year. Freddie Gibbs was hard. These are yeah, yeah, these are rap and trap inspired records that sometimes maybe got a little bit on the long side. I mean, no, I'm not even touching you know Kendrick Lamar's (laughs) record because that's just no, that's stratospherically different. Yeah, off the charts, right? And he's like, I, I'm definitely teasing some of my thinkers for the Audio Face Awards right here. But oh, I can't wait! Yeah, definitely, Lil Baby lyrically can hit with all of those better ones. It's just the production that's holding him back. And I think Young Thug had this problem for a little bit too with um, so yeah, much fun much in agree. 2019. I almost hated that album, mm-hmm. and it had to take me a couple of months to come back around to it. Yeah, much agreement. And actually, I think, ironically, the track Never Hating with Leon Thug is actually a really decent trap uh, track for being in 2022. Like that's, it's pure clean wholesome trap, but I like the banter they have between each other. And if I'm going to get trap in 2022, if that comes on, I'm not going to like hate it. I'm not going to go on and just be like, all right, ultimate skip. It's just, it's pure clean wholesome trap. It is milk toast centrism of trap, but it's decent for what it is in 2022. There's a lot of filler on this record. Like the first half of it, it's like, all right, we don't need half of this stuff out here um the the features are fine like the future track is okay but i really hate future just now it's just like he needs to not be on records he needs to just step away for a little while because all of his stuff sounds the same at this point it sounds even more the same than it used to like um exactly it's super yeah uh, before like there's one song up earlier in the beginning, Pop Out with Nardo Wick. When Nardo Wick's part comes on, it's like a not that annoying trap, like we're going to stitch two songs together and it's barely going to work thing. But there's definitely like a change in production that matches Nardo yeah, Wick's yeah. kind of style. That goes hard. Like, I really love that intro. It was one of those, like, all right, this is, like, the best of trap music, like, what it can be. Like, it's a visceral feeling, less so than, like, you know, the actual lyricism, so to speak, right? But it's just, like, really, really great there. But, yeah, you're continuing on and talking about other features. 
Yeah, like back and forth with uh, SG and then Shice Talk with Pooh Shice they're both at that two minute mark and like it gets the idea out the banter between the both of them is really good and like but the issue is is you have to go through so much filler and so much bloatiness to get to those tracks to where it took me a while to get to those and i was like oh i actually like these because i like the features i feel like they sound good the production is passable so that's but that's the issue of making a longer trap record is like you have to get through so much just to get to the good meat and potatoes that we want to listen to but again like it's just people who make trap records right now the the people who are making the production of it is just very lackluster it's uninspiring there isn't that much to do with it it's just it's drowned out there's there's been so many records out the past four or five years to where like we've heard everything but you keep making the same formula over and over and over again trying to just get your paper get your stacks up but at the end of the day it's not just about that you need to make different things and even though i hate drake with a passion um he did something different this year with honestly never mind like he tried to make like a house music record it was horrible but i'll give him a point of you know what hey he didn't try the trap thing again all right at least there's that. So if Drake is changing his ways, kind of, then a lot of these other trap artists and stuff need to up their game because it's you're not going to be selling stuff. I mean, that Quavo takeoff record last week was horrible. It's only me is passable, but that's not good. You don't want to be just passable. You know, you don't want to be getting C's. You want to be getting A's. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of... So when we compare it to Drake's Honestly Nevermind, that's a very, very large jump in production that makes it sort of uncomfortable. But I'm thinking more of like my rap greats, uh, the sample of the great record that we got this year, As Above, So Below. Denzel Curry's Melt My Eyes, See Your Future. Those did a lot production wise that you know with some of the great it really well, fits. yeah i mentioned freddie gibbs already for sure but like and that oh, and that definitely true, comes yeah. from the um co-production that he got from there i'm forgetting the producers there but like with soul sold separately but all of these rap artists yeah, all these artists this year rap artists prominent rap artists at the top of their game have been able to do unique things with their sound hell the jid record yeah Felt like unique. Oh, legit. Right? Like, there's a lot of rap this year that, you know, of varying levels of quality. I think it hits well because it also pushes the sound a little bit forward. There's so much rap can be pulling from, just like indie is pulling from every sound under the sun. Just like electronic is starting to pull Mm -hmm. from every sound under the sun. Because we're in a new era of music where you can do so many unique things that when you get something that is so just like textbook like trap it's like this is the kind of trap music that would be released in 2017 2018 right like that's the same sort of complaint that i'd have with an alternative record where i'd say oh this sounds like alternative from 2014 or 2013 right like it's that similar mm-hmm. thing now, again the still some of the features hit i like them the not or what one i already mentioned overall it's an okay record it's just again the state of trap it's just it's not doing well. We you have to make different records. You have to get different ideas to get out to really push your music further, push your art further, and everything. So, yeah. And, but of the baby scale, it's better than a lot of the other babies. So, yeah, more on that in just a moment. I will say just like a couple more things here is that like this is an hour and five minutes in 2022. Way too long for an album. Like I'm just gonna say it. Like. Lil Baby is a yeah. great artist, but the production plus the like the execution of Lil Baby has not earned an hour and five minutes of a record. I, I'll just no, say there's that. like a handful of ba- of artists that could do an hour and five, and we'd say okay. Even when my you know even the 1975 more on that later, they didn't even make an hour long record. 
And I wouldn't even give them a pass for an hour-long record, even though they were my favorite bands. There's very few people that I would say, you know what, you can get away with doing a longer oh, record. Oh, no, no, no. The 1975 are not only um, unable to do longer records anymore, they're in debt. Like, they're, they have overdrafted their account. They need to release short albums like from here on out. And by short, I mean like they need to even get shorter than what we have right now because they are that far in debt. Uh, but last thing is that I'm half kidding about that, but like last thing is you have so much room. You are an artist. Like again, in trap, you can release the hard for the street stuff and you can release the experimental Mm -hmm. stuff. You could do it both in the same album. You could do a double album format. I think that would have been killer. Like there's so much, all the money in the world will not buy creativity and good execution. And that's what we're seeing time and time again with Lil Baby, who I'll remind you is pretty much the best quality control records it's got at this point. Yeah. Which again is it isn't saying much, but still. Anyways. Yeah. Arbitrary scale. Arbitrary uh, arbitrary scale this week. We do arbitrary scales on audio face every week because our review is our review. And if we try to make a, a an actual one through ten scale, it's just impossible to do because every album is different. And every review is different. Every genre is different. So, you know, take that for what it is, Fantano. Um, this week, it is uh, rappers with the name Baby in it because there are like a thousand dudes with the name Baby in it. Um, dudes and women. Uh, yeah. And dudes and women, exactly. So, you know. Um, for me, this I'm going to give is, this little baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real annoying and I'm gonna rank the little baby album on the baby scale as a little baby. This is a solid little baby. This is a real little baby, little baby album. Little baby. I was gonna say this is young baby Tate, like a, like a good young baby Tate, because um, she's crazy. Um, <laughs> she, like sometimes she's made um, some really crazy songs. But anyways, all right. Next album, um, serving up Gary's way. We have being funny in a foreign language by the 1975 11 songs, 43 minutes long. Um, the 1975, one of my favorite bands, uh, one of the bands I introduced to Dan that he has really gotten into the past couple of years. Um, we did our whole bonus episode of going through all of their music. So please check that out. Um, we really get to dive in on some tracks that I think that people miss, or if you're not really into super into the 1975, that you can get into a little bit more, especially their older works. I think some of it is absolutely incredible. I want to highlight a couple. Wait, wait, really fast, to, I want to highlight a couple ways people can do that. So um, you can oh, yeah. check out the podcast version uh, wherever you get podcasts at audioface.shows, or you can get all the links. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. You can get the unlocked episode because Syndicate 23 members get these episodes first. They help. Um, do all those things that help make audio face grow and all the things that's going to get 23 networks. So we reward them by giving them the bonus episodes early and you can get the video version of the episode, which includes some video extras that we like to um, enjoy and some early photos of the band. Uh, there is the audio face essentials playlist that we're doing now, which is on Spotify. I'd love to get an Apple music equivalent. Um, if you can help me later, Sean, but more on that. Cause yeah, I think I could do that. Um, but we basically are putting the best songs from the 1975 throughout their history in like rough chronological order, but some things make more sense just like sound wise and playthrough rise, just so you can get a direct idea of what are the songs we're listening to. And it's based off of the songs we shout out and sample in the podcast. So that's a cool new thing we're doing with the 1975 and the Arctic Monkeys, which you should check out soon. Um, and Junior Boys, which you should also check out. And the last thing I'll also plug is the, um, Retro review we did of the 1975's Black Album, the original OG, which I was, to segue into this review, I used to say that that was my favorite 1975 album because of timing and pacing, but I think this one, with a little more time, could beat it. I'm not sure yet, but I'm actually feeling this one in a lot of ways. Okay, Dan, I need you to do this for me. All right. Pull up my absolute favorite LCD sound system song, All of My Friends. Listen to it for 10 seconds. This is that opening. You know that beautiful piano intro opening, right? You hear that, right? Yes. Okay. Da-da-da-da-da-da. All right, go to the 1975. 
being funny in a foreign language. Play the first track, the 1975. What does it remind you of? Young people drinking up And it's about time. And this is what it looks like. Oh, <laughs> that's. I am nominated the 1975 for the Vanilla Ice 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 Baby Award because it literally is the same exact pacing sound of my favorite fucking LCD sound system song. I'm not ripping it, but it is exactly the same as all of my friends. That little piano beat, and it's in two songs too. So I'm pretty sure Jack Antonoff produced this record. Jack, don't do that. Um, what what, is, just very what is the line between, you know, like a tasteful, like, allusion to an artist versus, hey, man. This is like on the borderline because it is almost like, because the thing is the songs are very different. Like the pacing of it and everything, and I actually really, really like this the 1975 intro. It's completely different than all the other ones. You know, last one on uh, notes on a conditional form, they did like the Greta Thunberg poem shit, and then the other three records, it was the song about blowjobs. So now with the 1975, like on this one, it's actually like different, and it's them like kind of updating their what they're thinking, who they want to be, so on and so forth. And I really enjoy it, and I think it's a perfect intro to this record i've talked to several people who listen to this record and pretty much all of them agree that they really like that opening and i think it's a perfect intro to it but they use that sound from all of my friends and it plays throughout that whole song and there's another song in a in a little while that i'll talk to that gets into it but i just cannot get that out of my head of how similar it is and I don't know if anyone else hears that or like heard it before, but I needed to get that out there because, yeah, that that's but it's the, it's the same damn thing. That's impressive. Um, when we go on to the rest of the albums, that's like song one, and of course the nineteen seventy five do the thing where every single yeah, course, yeah, 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 talk yeah. about this a lot. Um, but you then you have looking for somebody to love, and you know it's interesting. You skipped yeah, happiness, yeah, dude. Yes, you do have happiness. Go ahead, talk about happiness. It's my favorite thing they've made since the brief inquiry. It's all in their relationships. The most the 1975 sounding song that they can possibly make. You have this beautiful saxophone that's going on. Maddie's vocals are incredible. It's just everything I want in an indie pop track that you can possibly make. It's beautiful. It's dancey. It's groovy. It's fun. And for all the mistakes they made on the previous records, like the having those two tracks and then looking for somebody to love the third one which we'll get to in a second i'm like they're fine they're writing their runs they're trying to be cohesive they're staying trying to figure out who and you hear this in interviews and stuff too they're trying to figure out who they want to be what sound they want to be known as in that way and happiness is a perfect track for them beautiful absolutely beautiful yeah um Happiness is like, it felt like happiness was like a brief inquiry. Okay, let's redo this mistake. Not that brief inquiry was a mistake, but like, yeah, let's just like re- give this like sound another go. Looking for somebody felt like that yeah, for the exactly. Pink album, which is, yeah, like redoing that way too much thing. It, it kind of feels like it has that kind of like Pink album flair with like the fuzzy synth. And it yeah. is one of the more upbeat songs on the record. Cause I'd say once you get to part of the band and everything down, it gets well. I mean, I'm in love with you is super upbeat, with some exceptions. I'll say, with some exceptions, with some notable exceptions. I'll say because I have another different uh, vanilla ice nomination for you here. I forgot. I need to um, get back to it in a moment. But Ooh. Um, Ooh. and you know, this is a little bit. You know, I'll get to it in a moment. But 
Actually, another disagreement I have with you is I actually really like part of the band. I think that is the most still don't like it that song is the most where i get okay the 1975 are a little bit different now i feel like i got some hints up with this in notes to some extent and but like this feels like a big you know as much as tranquility bass was a difference for arctic monkeys and their sound this feels like a big leap like okay the 1975 now sound very different and it's gonna be a lot more of this how can we really quickly combine sounds to create experiences and feelings that are a lot like that synthy bliss point thing that 1975 did uh, way too much in their music for cars era that you still get moments of here and there in this album, but, but it's super stripped back compared. Yes. To... It's restrained and you're finally able to get some new ideas and it, yeah, it challenges them to evoke those similar emotions to still make it like a 1975 feeling album. Mm-hmm. But part of the band really does it, and it transforms in a lot of ways. It instrumentally sounds really nice. I know you don't like it, but um, I, I think it's pretty well executed. I understand why you like it and everything, especially because it sounds very different for them. It's just there are like maybe three or four of the 1975 tracks that I just genuinely don't like, and part of the band is one of them. It just it doesn't hit for me. I do like the placement of it, though, in between looking for someone, somebody to love and Oh, Caroline. It's a perfect little break between it, so that way you're not just getting, you know, pop track, pop track, pop track. You need to do that. And that's one thing I will give them super credit for. The playthrough of this record is perfect. There isn't one song I really want to move. I like how it goes. It's all cohesive. It's what they needed to do comparing to Notes, where it's just, Notes was all over the place, super incohesive, and, you know, if you listen to our bonus episode and our original episode on notes, you can hear our grievances with that. And I think this record gets a lot of those. And also, I want to say this, too, for the Audio Face Awards. This gets two awards for me, or like nominations. This also gets the Return to Form Award. Because to me, this is the 1975 at their best of who they want to be. Hey, we can still make very good indie pop records and stuff, but they're still evolutionizing their sound. I'll give you that on par of the band. It's very, very different from what they've made. And even like Oh Caroline, the track next to it, the first listen through, didn't like it at all. But then after my second or third listen, because I listened to this record three times, after my third listen through, I was like, I get it now. I like it. And maybe part of the band will do that. Maybe after like my 10th or 12th listen through, I'll really understand it. But some of these tracks took me a little while to get into it because it is very different from what I'm used to hearing from them. Yeah. But it's, which is a good thing. You don't want it to be stagnant. And I think you have some of, the, like, they're still the same band, but they're definitely refined and matured. You get that most in songs like All yes. I Need to Hear and Human 2, I think. I which, yeah, All I Need to Hear is that classic, like, slower sort of. 1975 sort of serenade kind of Matty Healy that he's doing um, that you get in a couple of other different songs going back to all the way to the pink album, the black album. So like this has been in their DNA before, but usually it was like in this, Oh, we need to figure out how to add some glitzy glam rock to this or do some like indie thing to it. But no, it feels like they feel comfortable being themselves, maybe adding some blues elements that they've tinkered with, but haven't like moved in with Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, I think it all makes for a really good record. And again, this is a 43-minute um, album. Finally, the 1975 have answered my wishes and have made a I made it less, yes, than, less an than an hour, hour. Less than an hour and very well within what 2022 standards can allow. I can finally look at a 1975 100%. album and say, you know, look, I may have some disagreements with certain songs and maybe some placements and things like that. But I'm not looking at half of this thing with a buzzsaw. I'm like, I'm going to cut them to hack this thing. I'm going to make this into three different albums and two EPs. Like, this finally feels like a cohesive project without being um, hacked all together. But you get to About You, 
which I think is really interesting and nice because I guess every song kind of, every band needs to hit this point. It's a really good song, I love that song. Uh, but you listen to the bass line very carefully and it is exactly on Melancholy Hill. There's another song in here that it plays exactly like as well. And I don't know if they got inspiration from this, but if you hear the strain selection of it, um, where it does like these three notes, there's like do, 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 four notes, I should say. Like it has that throughout the song. There's a Yonzi track on his Yonzi's um, first solo record called Grow Till Tall. And on the album and the live version, especially on the live version, you can hear it. It's exactly the same pacing, the same guitar and everything on it. When I listened to that about you, I was like, well, that's interesting that that has that sound. And then on Melancholy Hill, you nailed that too. Cause I thought the same damn thing. Yeah. And so <laughs> the, the dirty hit and associates legal departments definitely get like wearing a lot of these suggestions on their sleeve here. But I, it's a good song though. It's a fantastic track. Yeah, it's not. It's not a total copy. I mean, like, it's definitely not the same thing. But I definitely like that's an iconic baseline. This is a similar, you know, English bands, similar influences, similar genres. Like, it, it it's there for sure. But and but again, I've seen that similar song structure in Four Gorillas before. I mean, sorry, before other bands before Gorillaz did it. I mean, so it's not like they invented anything. But it's it's a very yeah. close recognition and it, yeah. It's not. It's not as bad as all my friends from LCD Sound System because that is like literally the same fucking thing. Yeah, hopefully there's like a sample credit or something there because, like I said, the, uh, the the legal team at Dirty Head and Associates is going to be very funny. Uh, but yeah, it ends really nicely with "When We Are Together." I'm oh, sorry. The last thing I'll say about "About You" is that it successfully does what I also like about "On Melancholy Hill," which is take a song that's in major key but make it kind of depressing. <laughs> um. I do enjoy that part. But then the album ends with When We Are Together, and I think that's a pretty solid ending, too. Yeah, I I think When We Are Together is good, as well as, I said, a little ending. I like how they stripped it back. I will always prefer like their synth sound, but that's me literally having Chill Wave be basically my favorite genre, so I'm always going to be bias towards that but for them as a band and as a group who have been together since they were like 13 14 right for their most of their lives at this point they made a record that will that cements them to me as one of the better indie bands in the world right now one of the better rock bands alt bands in the world right now where you know, they admit their mistakes with notes. They admit some of the things that they wanted to work on and they wanted to figure out who do we want to be as a band? Who do we want to be known as? What sound do we want to be known as? And they do that great with this with this record. There's still some issues I have. I think for a Jack Antonoff produced a record, there's still issues I have with some of it, with some of it sounding very similar as we went on to other tracks and other people, which is, I think is something that with him, he gets ideas and projects of either stuff that he's made before or from other artists that you really get to hear the influences too much. So I think like... He still needs to work on his creativity a little bit more and whatnot. But for the past two Jack Antoff produced records, which I've like despised because they really made it sound way too similar for this. For being funny in foreign language, it's not it's more of like um what's Lord's second record? Um I can't think of the name of it. Melodrama. Which was also produced by Jack Antonoff. So that, that, that's, Jack what, Antonoff, that's what I'm exactly. trying to say. It's here. like it's yeah, like, it's like Jack Antonoff has hits and misses for sure. Like he's and this is a return of form to me from Jack Antonoff. Um, but I think also because you have like the uh, George, the uh, drummer for uh, the 1975, he, ha- he 
is one of the main producers. I think because they can get together in that way and it's not just Jack doing it, that's where you get to kind of pair each other and everything. And I think that was a very good mix with it because it's not too synth heavy. It's not too synth focused like George likes to do because of his all of his garage and house music influences and Jack more of the stripped back style. So I think they paired together very well on that. There's still some issues like part of the band I'm not too big fond of. Wintering is another track where I'm like, eh. A little bit. I can about, see it the but, same with Wintering too. Like that's the part of the album where I'm like, if I had to like, cut one, uh, it would probably be that. Exactly. And, it just doesn't do it for me. My, my final defensive part of the band is that, to what you were just saying a moment ago, that like you kind of prefer that older synth theory, the 1975. I think even you, as like a um person on audio phase here, like we've been doing this, will say that like you and and you did say this. You appreciate that they have done a lot of that music in the past before and so if you want yes. some of that shit like you can go back to that they've done that to a t and they've done that very well and uh many would argue they've created more than enough of that style of music for themselves and for other people to listen to but now they want to do something creatively different and this is going to be a new chapter for them um definitely a new era for sure it's funny how they end mm-hmm. the music for cars era and start a new one with the album cover being um a guy standing a in a car. car which just rocks yeah, Maddie, Maddie, Maddie's standing on a car, and I love it's it. Car-to- but, it's Carktober, yeah. for sure. Um, Carktober, yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah, part of the band does that. L- listen, it's like, we'll give you happiness, we'll give you looking for somebody to love, so you feel like this is a 1975 song. And then part of mm. a 1975 project, 1975 album, you feel comfortable in that. And then part of the band comes in and says, okay, this is us growing up. This is us maturing, and we're still going to be a little bit of that, but we're going to do something else. I really like what that song means, what it kind of does. Also, the line, I like my men like I like my coffee full of soy milk and so that they won't offend anybody. It was so sweet they won't offend anybody. Just classic Matty Healy. He's still there. He's still making like oh, no, witty, quirky just- lyrics. Exactly. No, I think uh, that's the last thing I'll really go on, on on this review, so it's not 85 minutes long. The lyricism is some of Maddie's best on this record. Happiness, like, example, it's Maddie really getting to his feelings, but being more sure of himself and really being out there with, like, having his heart on his, wearing his heart on his sleeve, which he hasn't done in other tracks. So it's really, like, more introspective and stuff, but this is me, him being more like out there with his love and affection towards people and whatnot. And like happiness does that where it's like, um, I'll go blind just to see you, you know, and, uh, going too hard just to see you, just to have you near. And like those little things and whatnot are really brilliant and shows him, you know, still developing his lyricism. And he's a great lyricist already, but this record shows and part of the band, I'll give you that. Like the the lyrics are fantastic. And, and- all those songs happen as well. It keeps this, the 1975s, we're going to go to levels of deepness and emotion and perspective that are like really raw. But we're also going to catch ourselves and go, oh, not, not, not going to be too serious. Not, not, can't do that. No, can't have that. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's exactly. nice. They are still, it's still them, just better, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a return of form. I am happy with this record. I'm very happy with it. Same. And so part two of this album review, because this is a 1975 album review, well, no, I'm kidding, <laughs> Arbitrary Scale, uh, we do Arbitrary Scales every week on Audio Phase because our review is our review. We said literally everything we've wanted to say about the 1975, and now I can't wait to um, hopefully see this band live and then just like not think about them for a good like, two or three years. <laughs> yep. Um, you and me both. And uh, this week it is... Rapper's name Baby is our arbitrary scale. That's right. Rapper's name Baby. And I'm going to give this my bad baby. This, 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 yeah, bad baby? it's a little bit of 1970. It's a little bit of uh, bad baby wildness, I think, is very relatable to Matty Healy. Okay. Um, I'm going to give this the little baby. All right. I'm going to give this my little baby. You're, no. re- you're reversing my review. All right. I see that. I'm rever- exactly. Reverse Uno, baby. Oof. Okay. Um, ready for the All last, right, last well, yeah, last album review of the day, Serving Up Gary's Way. We got um, Creature by Pile Up. It is 12 songs, 53 minutes long. Um, as long as I don't lose my voice because of all the coffee I've been drinking. Um, a solid, like, shoegazy indie grunge inspired record, I would say. Um, definitely something that I had to listen to it twice to really get into it. But 
like example i can we'll just jump i mean like that's also one thing i'll say in general which is that um this album yeah it's like a sort of like local smaller indie project and it it was actually mixed and mastered by peter stone who also mixes and masters uh audio face and so uh, even though we've had different things where we have like friends of Audioface uh, throw on musical projects they've worked on in the past, we try not to be uh, biased or critical in any of those things. And we'll definitely not pull punches and call it where we see it. That being said, this album rocks. <laughs> like, I really enjoy it. Like, I was going to say, I didn't even know anything about it. I genuinely like this record a lot. It, I, I, will admit, I will say this. It took me a good two listens to really like, understand it because it is slow. Like the the opening two tracks intro running around. quicker pace like throughout the middle but it is a slower record almost like such as like comparison such as like folk and like the inspiration is kind of like pulling from though yeah yeah like example you get some like dark side of the moon of pink floyd where you get that slower alt rock inspire like 70 like late 70s early 80s indie style where it's kind of slow and builds up or even some you know, Spanishing Pumpkins records, like Melancholy and Infinite Sadness, where you have a lot of slower tracks that are beautiful, but they take a while to build up. That's what you get with this record in that way. And first listen through, I didn't particularly enjoy it. The second listen through, I, I got it. And I was like, okay, actually, I really like this. Running Around, I love that track. I really like how it has all those inspirations where... You know me and my rant of people using way too much of 90s influence, but not making it their their own. And Running Around is a perfect little homage to even like slow dive style 90s grunge and shoegaze, but making it just enough indie in this decade to push it a little bit further. And the production of it, everything that sounds genuine and beautiful. I, when I got to the second listen to that track, I was like, ah, I understand oh, yeah. now. Yeah, really thank like God it. this is like an indie album where reviewing in 2022 that doesn't sound like all other indie records like this no exactly. not a, nor does it sound like too much of a callback to you know our golden age of indie and like the early aughts where it was very much like indie shoegaze almost you, you go off in a trance listening to it kind of stuff like this is a yeah. good modernization of that and it's not only that there are a lot of really good inspirations through it i like just like the production note of having fun city as like a little and intro as well just these shorter transitional pieces throughout the record to kind of help move things along. And throughout the rest of the album, you just benefit from longer you, pieces that help make that happen. And the other thing going on to the transitions, most of the tracks transition in, into each other very, very well. I will say this, it doesn't shuffle great, but to play as a record throughout, it's fantastic. Example, Glue. Like the way glue ends into May I Be Well, like it's that really fuzzy distortion sound um, that goes right into May I Be Well. And it's fantastic the way it does that because with longer tracks, you can do it a number of ways, like either a hard cutoff and get into it, which not many people can do very well. You can do it where you have little transitions in between, which I'm glad they did only those kind of two um, at the beginning of the record, and it worked out well for Hintro and Fun City. Or you could do it where they literally transition into another song, so that way it feels like you're almost listening to a poem in the way that it goes through, or like reading a book where it transitions and you're getting this story that's told. And it's beautiful because when I was listening to it the first and second time like i was driving i'm like oh is the song still going and I look and i go oh wait it's another song and then you hear it transition i go that's beautiful the way it does that sometimes it's a little too slow i feel like where they can maybe pick it up a little bit into it just to have it play through a little bit better with it but those transitions are wonderful. yeah and, that, and i love that those transitions kind of go to the cohesion of a record too so that just Super really cohesive. adds to it there yeah uh, other highlights of this album, I like the song Deano, um, Dino. I don't know if I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. it right. But. Yeah. 
you know, combines shoegaze and like blues almost. Like it's very, yeah. very interesting. It's like I didn't know I wanted this, but I definitely, definitely like this. And I want more of this. It was definitely a highlight of the record for me. And yeah, it, it well, I guess what was surprising for me is that yeah, you had longer songs on here, but there were points that you, you know, maybe it's just me acclimating myself more to this kind of music, but I didn't feel like it was too slow or too boring in any kind of way. Like it's definitely slower music, so to speak, because that's just like folk this part of the genre but it felt like there was enough interesting going on between the vocals which were layered really well and worked really well as an instrument and all the other actual instruments going well there to create a vibe like it just really works out well that way and so i didn't feel like any of the slower songs you even had like especially as you get to the near the end of the record like with um let me make sure i have this right yeah like last year I felt like I love, I wanted to talk about that track. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, go into it. We have this thing. Yeah, we have this thing in trap, right? Where you make like two songs into one and whatnot, but sometimes you can get like played out. And last year, you have this like two two and a half minute long kind of intro to where it builds and builds, and it's this beautiful like little like almost acoustic piece at the beginning, but you have the fuzz of the guitar in the background that's just waiting to be unleashed. And then finally halfway through the song, about like the three minute mark, it just blossoms to this beautiful track. And I'm like, oh, I love this. Paying homage to that 90s sound, but still staying true to themselves as musicians and as a record to where it doesn't feel cheap or anything. It's just wonderful. And I haven't gotten that sound in a long time. And there aren't too many people that who make it to where they make it sound like something new or something where they push you forward. A lot of the times they just basically steal it off a completely different project. But with the way it transitions into even the last track into Creature... And how it transitions from September 1st, the track before it. It's wonderful. Yeah. So, Overall, I, I love, I really enjoyed this record a lot. Yeah, definitely adding several of these tracks to our uh, Untitled oh, 2022 <laughs> AF playlist. Uh, we're, we're in October, so we have some time to come up with next year's playlist title. Nowhere to go but up. Yeah. <laughs> should literally, that should literally be the name of the of the, the playlist now we do go but we we, we 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 can work on that but um arbitrary <laughs> scale so. we do arbitrary scales every week on audio face because our review is our review um we said what we wanted to and we wouldn't defile or degrade or desecrate or um mm-hmm. i stopped myself just a review by giving it a number or a grade so we'll just rank it arbitrarily. This week it is rappers named Baby, and I'm gonna give this uh, Young Baby Tate. You're gonna give Young Baby Tate. All right, that's a good. I think Young Baby Tate's a good one. Um, what am I gonna? What am I gonna give this? Which baby? Damn, I'm gonna give this a bad baby. Bad baby. That's your that's bad baby. Bad that's baby. a good one. That's a bad baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bali baby. Um. That that could have been a possible one, but yeah, that's another one. Yeah, nobody gets a da baby though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. nobody deserves that one. Yeah, no, 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 no we, we didn't review any da babies this week. No, 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 there ain't no da babies. Yeah. No, which is good. We don't, we don't want no da babies here. Well, um, um uh, uh, thank you for this. Yeah, audio face. over schedule, but still under schedule somehow. This has been audio face. Yeah, um, thank you for listening to audio face. Um, you can follow us at Audio Face Pod on all social medias. You can follow me at SWS Suarez on Twitter and Instagram if I trust you. You can follow Dan, whether he trusts you or not, at Dan from the web on Twitter and Dan from the internet on Instagram. Um, Dan from the web on Twitch. Follow... Dan from the internet on oh, TikTok. Oh, shit. I, to... I always forget the Twitch and TikTok one. Um, you can go youtube.com forward slash Audio Face Pod um, where you can get all of our clips and stuff that um, we're uploading onto or Dan is uploading on. So, especially on our reviews and whatnot i want you guys to comment especially on the past like two months of albums i really want to hear your guys input 
Um, so I'm interested to see what you guys think compared to what we think and even like comparisons we make to other records and other songs as well. Um, yes. Become a Syndicate 23 member at join.syndicate23.co. Got you. I'm figuring these out. And uh, thank you for listening. It's been fun. Two more until 250. Is, 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 uh, that's ups- Wait, is 250 Junior Boys? Yes. 250 is Junior Boys. Is next week Arctic Monkeys, I'm pretty yes. sure. Oh, October, baby. Yes. It's Shacktober, Arctic baby. Arctic Monkeys bonus. Make sure you check that out if you've not heard that already. And Junior Boys bonus. Become a Syndicate 23 member so you get that. Anyways. Cheers. <laughs>